This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. Hello, yeah, now can you hear me? How's everybody doing tonight? Good, 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 good. I'm doing great, thank you for asking. So we are officially in the last week of our series on a guy in the Bible named Joseph. So if you've been here the last few weeks, you know we've been going through the series uh, called Big Picture And why is it called that, though? Why are we going through this series called Big Picture, and what does that mean? Unbelievable things in his life that happened to him, and the bigger picture was something that Joseph couldn't always see. But all along, God was working toward this bigger picture in his life. And last week, we got to hear an awesome message from Hayden Taylor, and he's not here right now. I was going to take this time to, like, congratulate him, tell him, great job, but Whatever, he's not here, loser. But we got to hear this awesome message from Hayden talking about trusting God in the moments when we feel like we don't understand why something is happening in our lives. See, we have been moving through this story of Joseph and applying it to our lives today, seeing how things that he's experienced and taking lessons from that and putting it into our lives today. And if you've missed any of the last few weeks, or maybe you just want to listen to another one, you want to listen to more about the story of Joseph, you can go listen to any past tribe messages on our tribe podcast. If you didn't know we had one, we do. It's on our Cornerstone Students podcast, and you can go to our website at www.tribestudents.com, and you can do that and listen to our podcast anywhere that you listen to them at. See, now before we get to the last part of Joseph's story today, Let me ask you guys a question. Maybe just think of this to yourself in your head. Have you ever tried to get payback or revenge on someone? See, maybe it was was a younger sibling who stole your favorite shirt without asking. Maybe it was a friend who spread a rumor about you that just wasn't true. 
Or maybe it was the guy in your class who always picks on you and messes with you because he actually likes you, but he just does it anyways because he thinks that that's how you flirt. See, I know that I myself have tried to get payback and revenge in my life. And this story of payback, it's silly that I did. It's not, it's not anything crazy. It's more funny than anything, and it's, it's goofy, and I know that. But it is a true story. And I was probably a freshman in high school, okay? So I was a freshman in high school, and I had a younger brother who was two years younger than me, so he would have been in seventh grade, right? So he's in junior high, I'm in high school, and we were at that age of, like, a lot of you guys, right? And we didn't get along very much. Like, we fought a lot, like, all the time over silly things, just, just dumb things that didn't matter. And we fought all the time, and truly... I was probably a jerk. I was a jerk who thought that everything he did was annoying, and I'm sure that he probably thought the same thing about me. But regardless, one day, with my friend basement where we played PlayStation at, and I was eating pizza, playing PlayStation with my friends, and just having a good time, didn't want to be interrupted. It was fun, just, you know, doing what I wanted to do on a Saturday afternoon. And so he came down there with that, that, that dreaded phrase, that dreaded phrase that I couldn't stand hearing, and maybe you guys have heard it too, and it was, mom said, it's my turn. And I said, I said, no, that, that made me so angry. I, I argued with him. I told him, no, later, and I refused. I absolutely refused to give it up because I wanted to play, and he was interrupting my time. So he ran upstairs really quickly, and he told my mom, and my mom yelled down the stairs, you know, she said, Morgan, it's your brother's turn, okay? And I was, I was ticked. I was so mad. For one, he had to get my mom involved in on it. Oh, I couldn't stand it whenever he had to go tell. So when I heard him coming back down the stairs, I had this perfect plan to pay him back. I knew exactly what I was going to do. So I picked up this piece of pizza that I hadn't eaten yet. And as soon as he got close enough to me, I slapped him in the face with it. Cheese, pepperoni, sauce, and all, all over his face, down his clothes. It got on the walls. I mean, I may have slapped him one more time too, but who knows? Just, we'll say just one time. And believe me, there was, there was stuff everywhere. It was a mess. And I'm pretty sure that I got grounded from the PlayStation for like a month after that. So I should have just gave it up for the couple of hours and not responded that way. So it was not a good day for Morgan. See, now... Your story of revenge, your story of payback that you can think of, it might not be like that. Maybe you're not as weird as me and you slap people with pizza. I don't know. Maybe it's not like me. But maybe you can relate, though, to this idea of payback, of revenge. And how do I know that you can relate to that? I think because in big or small ways, all of us have been wronged. We've all been wronged or felt like we've been wronged before. We've all been hurt. We've all been frustrated at times. We've all had someone do something to us or say something to us or treat us in a way that makes us feel like the only thing that will help is payback. See, we want the other person to experience that same pain that they put us through, that same frustration, the embarrassment that we experience because of them. We want them to feel that. And here's the thing, we all have the power to pay back. We all do. 
we not only have the potential to want to pay back, but we also have public. It's a publicly do it in our lives. Sometimes that payback is public. It's a public payback. We do something directly and openly to them. We do that to the person who wronged us in front of other people. Maybe that's confronting them in the hallway with a fight. Maybe it's tagging them in a nasty post on social media where other people can see it. Or just doing something to embarrass them in front of other people. See, that kind of payback, it isn't hard to recognize. We all see it. It's obvious. It's out there for the world to see, and that's the way that we wanted it to be. Sometimes the payback is more passive, though. It's not a public payback. It's more passive. Maybe it's a little less obvious and a little more behind the scenes, behind the other person's back. Maybe that's just spreading a rumor about them or moving seats in the classroom or at the lunch table when they come to sit down or just rolling your eyes at them whenever they look your way. See, though the other person, they may not recognize it right off the bat, they may not feel the consequence of it right away, you're still getting the payback that, that you're looking for in a more, a more subtle way. Or maybe for you, you're someone who doesn't actually give payback or you don't get revenge, but the payback is just in your head. You're always thinking about it. You haven't actually taken a step to do the payback, either publicly or passively, but you just think about it all the time. You're constantly setting up scenarios in your mind of, of how you'd get the payback that you want. And even though you may not actually take the steps to make it happen, it still consumes you every single day. So can we just be honest with each other and admit that we've all felt that way a time or two? We've all felt that way, that there's just something about payback that for some reason feels fair to us. But just because payback feels fair, it doesn't mean that it is fair. It doesn't mean it's what's best for us. In fact, I think there's a better approach that we could all take if we just put down our power to pay back. See, if there was anyone who had a reason for wanting payback, it was our guy Joseph who we've been talking about in this series. See, his story is full of people betraying him, people lying about him, and causing him years of pain and suffering that he didn't deserve at all. See, to give you a quick recap, if you don't remember or you haven't been here, Joseph, see, that all dozen sons, but his father, Jacob, loved him the most. See, that already caused, like, these awkward family dynamics. And because of that, his brothers, they got so mad at him and so mad that their father loved him the most that they threw him in a well and eventually sold him in to slavery, where he ended up in Egypt. Then when he was actually doing a good enough job there, where he was working to get a promotion in the house of Potiphar. Potiphar's wife accused him of assault. See, Joseph turned her down, and she made up this lie to get him thrown into prison. And there he stayed several years in prison before finally getting released and promoted to work for Pharaoh. See, he had a lot of stuff happen to him. A lot of crazy things happened to him. And if I put myself in Joseph's sandals for a minute. I can tell you 
what I would be thinking. During all those years of slavery, separation from my family, being imprisoned, see, I'd probably, probably be thinking of little else than the best payback that I could get. How would I be able to pay back my brothers and the people that have hurt me? What kind of payback was I going to give to everyone who had wronged me when I got the chance? And I mean, seriously, like, wouldn't you, with all of this stuff happening to you, wouldn't you be thinking, how can I get these people back? So we're going to pick up Joseph's story right back up and find out exactly what he did do. And at this point, Joseph, he was doing a lot better in his life. He'd not only been released from prison, but he had been elevated to second in command in Egypt. And Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of the distribution of food throughout the entire Egyptian empire. See, Joseph was really powerful now. And that was a really big deal because there was this period of an intense famine in the land. And Joseph was in charge of how all the food would be distributed. So the famine or the shortage of food was so bad that people from far away, all surrounding countries and the surrounding land, made the journey to Egypt to find food so that they wouldn't starve. And Joseph was now the guy who they were coming to for help. See, now of all the people in the world, I want you just to take a guess of, of, of who showed up one day to ask Joseph for food. His brothers, so the very same guys who sold him into slavery years ago, showed up to ask him for help. Like, what are, what are the odds that this guy goes through all of this and now his family comes to him and says, hey, I need your help? See, Joseph immediately recognized his brothers when they came to ask for help, but they didn't realize who they were speaking with. It had been, it had been so long since they'd seen him last, so long since they had left him in that well. See, they probably just assumed that he had died. And if they didn't, they certainly didn't imagine that the brother that turned into a slave would be a man with so much power in Egypt. So they had no idea who they were talking to. And yet, there stood Joseph in this position of complete power before his brothers. They all needed his help. They all needed him to save their lives. And at that moment, he had the power to pay back to pay back all the wrongs that they had committed against him. See, this was the moment that Joseph could have been dreaming of, the moment that he'd been waiting for to finally get his family back, the moment when payback would finally be his. But let's take a look at what happened next. It says, Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, out of all of you, out all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him, and word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you 
to preserve your lives. You can live in the region of Goshen where you can be near me with all of your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you, your household, and all of your animals will starve. So just think about that for a second. See, Joseph could have done literally anything he wanted to his brothers. He could have paid them back times a million for what they had done to him. He could have left them to starve and die. He could have snapped his fingers and had them thrown into prison or even just killed. See, that's how much power he had to pay them back for what they had done to him. But instead, Joseph took a different path. See, Joseph chose forgiveness. Like, how amazing is that? Like, can you imagine how surprised Joseph's brothers must have been when he said, I'm Joseph, I'm your brother. But instead of payback, he said, it's okay. See, one moment they found that their brother Joseph was alive, and then in the next he was embracing them rather than giving them what they maybe deserved. See, here's what I think we can learn from from this part of Joseph's story. And it's that when you can't see the bigger picture, choose to forgive. Choose to forgive. We have the power to forgive. See, Joseph's response to his brothers gives us this amazing example of how God wants us all to deal with the people who wrong us. We may never know why they did what they did. We may have no idea why they chose to be so cruel. They may never apologize for the hurt or the embarrassment that they've caused us. See, there are details of the bigger picture that we'll never see or understand in our lives. But we still have a choice. Every single day we have a choice, and it's forgiveness or payback. See, we have the power to choose. Think of it this way. If you're in a relationship with another person, or just any kind of relationship, a parent, a friend, a sibling, a boyfriend or girlfriend, anyone, there's something that connects the two of you, something that caused you guys to have that relationship in the first place. There's a bridge. There's a bridge between you two. But when something or someone wrongs or hurts you, see, that bridge, it suddenly feels broken. It becomes shaky. And that connection between the two of you is, it's damaged. Then you're left with, choice. You can either burn that bridge, breaking it down completely by paying wrong for wrong or hurt for hurt, or you can build the bridge. You can rebuild the bridge, reestablishing your connection with things like forgiveness, grace, peace. See, I'm not saying that you just keep rebuilding bridges with people who have hurt you deeply and repeatedly. See, sometimes the best way to actually choose forgiveness is to set healthy boundaries in your life or talk about the wrongs done to you with someone 
who can help you. And here's a really big hint. We have a lot of tribe leaders here where that's a great place to start. Whatever hurt you've gone through, they, when it's possible, it's our job as Christ followers, it's our job to lay down our right to pay back and instead to choose forgiveness. It's our job to lay down our right to pay back and choose forgiveness because, see, that is what Joseph did, but it's also what Jesus did for us. See, we're invited into this incredible opportunity to forgive others because Jesus forgave us first. See, the gospel shows us that forgiveness is not only the best thing for us, but it's expected of us. It's expected. It's not just a good suggestion. Maybe you're someone who hasn't accepted this forgiveness from Jesus yet into your life. Maybe you aren't even sure what to think about it, or you're uncertain if you deserve it. Maybe tonight you want to find out a little bit more about this whole Jesus thing, this forgiveness thing. And I encourage you to ask me, ask one of your tribe leaders tonight. Don't wait on that. See, before we start forgiving other people, we have to realize that, that our sins have been forgiven by Jesus first. And he invites us to accept him into our lives as, as our Lord and Savior. Then we be begin to forgive ourselves because we know that we're forgiven by the creator of the universe first. So we can't do this whole forgiveness thing on our own. It's, way, it's just way too hard. It's way too difficult to try and do it on your own. We need Jesus to give us the strength to do it. We need him. We need to understand that if Jesus could lay down his life for us and forgive us, then we can forgive those who have wronged us too. So if you too need help forgiving others because you need to forgive a tribe leader, tonight is the night to tell someone. Tonight's the night to tell a tribe leader, hey, I want to know more about this. And I promise you that you won't regret it. I want you to think about the story of Joseph just one more time with me in this series. See, he could have made the choice to prove a point. He could have chosen that now was the time that he was going to prove that he was the boss. He was in charge, and you don't mess with me. He could have fought to be right. He could have chosen not to help his brothers and just burn that bridge between them so easily. But instead, he chose to forgive them. And see, that changed absolutely everything. So when you can't see the bigger picture, we have to choose to forgive. And I'm sure some of you are hearing this and thinking, yeah, that sounds nice. Sounds like a great idea. But how can someone actually do that? Like, how can you choose forgiveness instead of payback? And I think that's a really fair question. Because honestly, this is just really hard to do. It's hard stuff. It's hard to choose to be a bridge builder rather than a bridge burner. Because if I'm being honest, it's easy to burn bridges. It's easy to do that. And what can make it even harder is when we can't see the bigger picture of it all. 
We don't know all the details. We don't see how it's all going to play out. We don't know the full story about the situation that we're in, and that makes it even more difficult. So how do we, how do we start? I'm not saying that this is the only way, but I think these are three steps that we can take to help us get better at being bridge builders instead of bridge burners. And the first one is to start small. Just practice extending things like grace, forgiveness, and peace to others in just small ways. See, when a friend messes with you or teases you and hurts your feelings, when your sibling eats the last piece of pizza or slaps you in the face with it, when your parent snaps at you for something that wasn't your fault, practice choosing forgiveness rather than responding with an argument or payback. See, the more that you do this in the small, everyday things, then the easier it will be to do when those bigger things come. And the second thing is forgive. Take a second right now and think about your own life. Who has wronged you recently? Maybe it was this morning. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was while you were here already. You don't need to wait for them to apologize to forgive. You don't need to wait for them to make the first move and say sorry for what they've done. See, the beauty of forgiveness is that you can do it on your own right now. You can make a move to forgive first so that you can move on. Sometimes forgiveness is more for ourselves than it is for the other person. Because maybe that other person, they just aren't ready to move on. We can't control what other people do. And the third thing is to pursue forgiveness. Like I said, we can't always control the way that other people treat us. But we can control the way that we treat them in response. We have full control over our response. We can pursue forgiveness. So what would it look like for you to forgive someone who has wronged or hurt you this week? Maybe it's an outward step, like starting a conversation or inviting them to sit with you again or unblocking them on social media. Or maybe it's more of an inward step. Maybe it's a prayer to God that God would soften your heart to them, would help you to forgive. Maybe it's a prayer just, to, just that God would speak to you in a way that would help you to do this. Maybe it's a choice you make to not say rude things about them. Maybe it's a conversation with a tribe leader so they can help you work through it, so they can give you examples of times in their life where they've had to choose forgiveness when they didn't necessarily feel like it. So I want to encourage each of you to take one step, one step this week to pursue forgiveness rather than payback in your relationships. And remember that even when you can't see the bigger picture, even when the full story doesn't feel like you can understand it, you can choose to forgive. We have that choice. So Joseph's story, it's been pretty crazy, right? We've talked about this for a few weeks. He's had a lot of ups and downs. 
He was a part of family conflict. He was tossed into a well and sold into slavery. He fought off repeated invitations. He, he was thrown into prison for something that he didn't do. And even though he went through all of those crazy experiences in life, Joseph eventually gained enough power to help and then to forgive. See, that he was able to forgive the family who got him into the whole mess in the first place. You could say that every bad thing that happened to him over those years was because of the family that had wronged him. And in the middle of all of this stuff, Joseph couldn't see the bigger picture either. He had no idea if he was ever going to ever going to get out of slavery. He had no idea if he was ever going to get out of prison. He, see, we get to see that God was working in his life because we got to see the full picture. We got to see the full story. But Joseph just had to keep trusting, keep believing, and making the next right choice to do what was best. And eventually, years later, it all made sense. Things were made right, and he finally saw the bigger picture. And I think the same can be true in our own lives today. So as we, as we close and we go back into worship, we close this conversation about Joseph and we end this series, I want us to think about this one question because I think we all have an answer to this. There's all different reasons for all of us. But what is the hardest thing about choosing forgiveness. Your answer may be different than the person next to you, depending on what you've been through, depending on who's hurt you. But think about that for a second. What is the hardest thing about choosing forgiveness? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so, so much for bringing us all here tonight. We thank you for the example that Jesus set for us about, it, about forgiveness. We thank you for the story in the book of Genesis about Joseph that sets an example of forgiveness. We all have experiences in our life that feel like we've been wronged. We all have had times in our life where we feel like something was unfair, that we were treated poorly for no reason. And we just don't understand. We don't see the bigger picture. We don't see the full story. And man, we really, really want to pay back. I pray that, that you would soften all of our hearts tonight. That if anyone in this room is going through something where they're battling this battle of, of choosing payback or forgiveness, that you would help us to lean fully into forgiveness. Pray that as we go on with our, our day today and our weeks in this school year, Lord, that we wouldn't choose revenge, we wouldn't choose payback, but we would choose to forgive. Not just because it's the right thing to do, but because it's expected of us. Help us to be forgiving people. Help us to love like you do. We pray this in your name. Amen.